Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Sustainable E-Commerce Podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build your brand sustainably. I'm your host, Giles Smith, and on today's show, I'm joined by Pearl Chan, founder of the sustainable Aussie brand Resparkle. Now, Resparkle focuses on organic cleaning products. And as you'll hear, the brand went through difficult times during the pandemic due to supply chain issues. But rather than close up shop, Pearl's determination to make a positive impact in the world has led her to completely reinventing her products. Instead of concentrates, customers now buy powdered product that's shipped out in compostable paper sachets. In fact, their products are now completely plastic free. Pearl's story is one of a gutsy entrepreneur who looked serious adversity in the face, but belief in her mission has seen her not just pull through, but indeed multiply the success of her business. And that is something I know will inspire everyone building their own sustainable brands. So with that, let's start the show. Pearl Chan from Resparkle, welcome to the show. Hi there, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be chatting with you. Oh, and I'm, I'm loving having you here as well because, um, you know, Re, the Resparkle brand is one that I think has gone through some revolutions um, over the past couple of years. Yeah. And there are some brilliant stories that have come out of that that I know that anyone listening is going to love to hear about. And actually, there's some lessons in here that I really think are important for all entrepreneurs of the things that you've been going through because it's tempting to look at when you're a small brand and you're just getting started out it's tempting to look at the super successful high-flying brands that, that are worth you know that, that are pumping through nine figures eight figures of revenue and think oh wow how easy they've had it to get there but the reality is nobody has an easy journey there are definitely bumps along the road there are some high points and there are some tricks that we need to get across and I wanted you to share that story today. But before we get into all of that, Pearl, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Resparkle and how you came to start the brand in the first place. Well, to be honest, Resparkle has been around for a really, really long time. Um, I started sometime in 2015. So at that time, um, you know, sustainability, zero waste was not a catchword. Um, I, I started the brand because I, I generally wanted to create a business that could create a, you know, a positive impact. It's nothing to do with the fact that I, I hate cleaning. I do hate cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Nobody likes cleaning, surely. Yeah. So um, before, before we sparkle, um, I was in a corporate career in banking and I guess I was a bit disillusioned as how businesses were run in a corporate level. Um, and if you want me to go as far back as uh, 9-11, that was probably the turning point where I, I decided that, hey, you know, life is a lot more than just printing money and making money. I wanted to, you know, create a legacy, I guess. So I, I researched into products that, you know, people use every day because, you know, it has to be something that, you know, to create an impact, it has to be something, a mass product. Um, so when I discovered that cleaning products were 90% water and only 10% active ingredients, and, and and that was like my light bulb moment, I guess, when I say, you know, why are people paying for water? You know, we are we are fortunate enough to live in a country that's got clean water coming off our taps. Um, you know, why not sell them the active ingredient and they dilute it at home? So, Resparkle honestly started off as selling one of the first brands 
that started selling um, cleaning products in a concentrate um, solution. Um, at that time, it was still packed in plastic. Um, you know, technology was didn't allow that we, we could pack in paper. So basically, we started at we we created a bottle where um, the concentrate is is designed to be at the top of the cap. Um, you know, you fill your own tap water. When you twist the cap on, the liquid actually the active ingredient goes into the water by itself. So that's how we started, and and I started selling in a, a farmer's market. So it was really like a small side hustle business that I created, and and you know we just grew organically. Hmm. Um, and you know as changes happen, and yeah, fast forward today, we're completely plastic free and powder based. Congratulations! I mean, what a fantastic journey that is. You know, thank you for doing that. Number one, because it's important. You know, I, I just I love the fact that you've taken those hard steps, being plastic free awesome stuff really really inspiring but I I guess it wasn't quite a straight line you make it sound like a straight line but I know that there was I know that there was some pivot points in the middle tell us about the story around COVID and and how that's impacted you and 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 how you came to where you are now yeah so that was um yeah COVID was was a complete curveball that I uh, nobody expected I didn't expect it as well so at the start of um, the COVID outbreak, I can't remember what year it is. I've lost track of time. But um, basically, there was this huge supply chain issue where um, there was shortage of plastic bottles. There was shortage of um, even the trigger sprays, lids, everything. So I had very limited stock to sell. And when COVID hit, I basically wiped out whatever stock I had in like two months. And I could not secure any bottle supplies at that time. I had nothing to sell, even though there was huge demand for, for cleaning products. Mm. And uh, there was also an unfortunate incident where um, my con- we had a problem with a contract manufacturer and I lost a bit of stock there as well, but that was just part and parcel of business. Um, basically, I was at a point where I had nothing to sell. And obviously, you know, I, I, I wanted to continue the business. So I was like desperately trying to look for a supply. And then at that time, you know, because I had nothing to sell, I on a blank slate, I was like, why, why do I need to buy more plastic bottles? Do I really need to buy more plastic bottles? Is there a better way of doing things? And I knew that if you take water out of the equation, you take the need for plastic out of the equation. So that was when I thought, okay, why not? Would it be possible to formulate my, my products in a dry powder format? So I did quite a lot of research. It was a pretty long journey. It took me about nine months to, you know, come up with that that solution because I'm very particular about what goes in my product and the fact that the product has to work at the end. Yeah, so it was kind of like COVID forced me into a situation where I had to pivot or I can give up. I was very tempted to give up. You know, I was, uh, I I just had a a baby then and I wanted, you know, the option was, you know, just focus on being a mom um, and not continue the business was, was very tempting. But yeah, I couldn't in good conscience choose that path so I chose to pivot amazing so what would you boil it down to I mean obviously those were hard times right I mean and you know anybody that I'm sure some of the people listening have have gone through the process of having children themselves and 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 what a mindset shift that definitely can be you know you realize that there's this other little thing in the world that is entirely dependent on you and I admire you enormously for doing what you're doing it's fantastic keep doing that you're you're an inspiration to mompreneurs everywhere but what was the main thing that that made you say, no, I, I'm not giving up on this. This is important to me and I'm going to keep doing. What was the main thing that, that kept that motivation going? Yeah, um, you know, before I, before I became a mom, I was 
already very conscious about my my consumption choices. I wanted to make better choices. And that's what Rebuckle stands for. I'm just inspiring people to choose better. You know, all your daily choices, just choose better. So I had a lot of knowledge about what that space was about and what we're doing to the planet. Only after I became a mom, all of this learning suddenly came to life. Like, if I don't do something about it now, I have all this knowledge. If I don't do anything about it, I can't live with myself. Because, mm. you know, what kind of planet are we going to be passing on to our children? We have already caused so much damage. Um, and at that time, we just came out of that horrible bushfire season the year before. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, all that. Honestly, the planet is coming back to back us in S right now. Like, it was <laughs> Yeah, <fire>. totally true. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? But, yeah, yeah, no, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um yeah so the fire then and then obviously covid was it's, it's like a freak of nature right like yeah. nature brought us to our knees literally everybody was brought to the knees and then now we have this whole wet season so you know i, I really thought about um what what legacy i want to leave behind for my my son and and the future generations i cannot imagine you know the, the statistics that says that oh in what 2050 there'll be more plastic in the ocean than fishes i mm. literally see it come to life mm. so i would think about okay when he's like tw- in 2050 my son's going to be 30 years old so what he can't go to the beach anymore he cannot enjoy the ocean he can't learn surfing because it's the water is too toxic so you know all of this knowledge suddenly became really really real for mm. me and I think that was what really drew me to like, you know, pick myself up and say, hey, you know, I, I have I have to continue with this journey. Um, you know, I'm a small business. I'm not sure whether I'll make a huge impact, but at least I'm doing something. I can't not do something knowing what I know. Uh, I, I'm ap- I'm so inspired by that. It really is. <laughs> absolutely. I, literally, I've got chills running down the back of my neck listening to you because that's almost the exact same as me. It, you know, like when I had my daughter 14 years ago, uh, sorry, 13 years ago, she'll kill me. 13, 13 years ago, um, you know, the world changed for me as well in terms of um, from being sort of short-term thinking to being long-term thinking and starting to ask bigger questions. And so I love the fact that that's what's driven you as well. Um, and so you, you basically then, you had a small business that was doing okay, COVID hit, you went to nothing, and then you reinvented everything to come to where you are today. Is that is that pretty much right? Pretty much. It sounds like a straight line, but yeah, I, I was pretty surprised by... Um, the response, honestly, our our sales tripled by going plastic-free and powder-based. I guess because, you know, number one, I made it a lot more affordable for people, you mm. know, to to switch to eco-friendly clean products because mouth refills are $4 or less, so it's cheaper than what you buy in a supermarket. So I took that price factor out of the equation. Um, and I was also surprised by the response in the sense that, you know, um, it is quite a radical shift in terms of how you purchase cleaning products hmm. um so i was quite you know a little bit worried about whether or not people would embrace that change but um thankfully um you know my my small vsparkle community was very supportive we sold out our first batch within a month when we launched and and you know people were talking to people telling people about this new way of cleaning um yeah so we have been going month on month kind of 10 percent growth so far since we launched in october 2020 so yeah the response has been really encouraging and yeah i guess it's a matter of letting more people know 
about this new way of cleaning. And I'm also very proud of the fact that, you know, we're Australian-made, so um, we're made in Melbourne, and I, I personally mix the ingredients together. That, that is such an important part of the story that perhaps listeners wouldn't be aware of as well. Not only are you, you know, sort of plastic-free, essentially what's happening now is that you, you've got you've got dried powder-based cleaning active reagents that you send out in little paper sachets that are compostable. So there's no waste coming out of that. You always have these kind of reusable bottles that you that people buy as the starter packs, and then they fill those and reuse and, and fill those. And behind all of that, your whole manufacturing is based in Melbourne, here in Australia. Um, so you know, minimizing your carbon footprint from shipping, um, freight, and all those things. So I, I just love the holistic nature with which you've been thinking about all of these things. And I can see we, we don't even have time to talk about all the other things you're doing, like the, like the, you know, the recycle program that you've got for people's bottle lids, which have got nothing to do with your product, but you're still supporting it. And, and all those things, absolutely brilliant. I, I, I love, I love the whole picture. So one of the things that I, I, I really like about the way that you're presenting all that to the world is the way that you're telling that um, as a story that heroes the customer and puts it in a framework that is inspiring to read down through the content. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you pulled you pulled that together and why you've taken the approach that you have to to the to the way that you're actually describing what your products do and and what impact Resparkle is having in the world? Wow, interesting question. I'm not a marketing professional. Um, I guess. It's just it's just me telling my story, and what you see is is a representation of my my values. I didn't sit down with a marketing team or a marketing agency or like a huge creative agency to come up with that that marketing approach or anything. It's it's honestly just me telling my story that represents my values. So whatever you see and whatever we've done is is a reflection of what I stand for hmm. um, and what I'm trying to achieve. So what was interesting was last Plastic Free July, um, we launched a campaign, um, It Only Takes a Minute. Before we launched the campaign, um, you know, my marketing partner said, you know, why not put that money into just Facebook ads and sell more products? Because it's a lot of money. Or you could create a campaign that is, that is more about the brand story, about the brand awareness. Um, I chose to take that brand story path because I think what is more important to me is to spread the word about how urgent it is for people to really start making changes in their life. So just to backtrack, the only takes a minute campaign was around the fact that um, it only takes one minute for Australians to produce one ton of plastic waste. So if you think about one ton, that's one container full of plastic. By the end of this this podcast, we would have generated 30 tons of plastic waste. And that that's shocking. And I, I think it was a very important message for people to see that the scale of of the problem and how urgent it is for us to deal with the problem. So I chose to tell that brand story, like what you call it. But to me, it's my message to the world, like, hey, wake up, we need to do something about it. And I guess, you know, you tie it back to the to the, the brand and, and the business itself. It kind of like gels together quite nicely. It, it really does. And and did you did you look through or have you leveraged the story brand framework by Donald Miller when, in doing this? Because it's, it's astonishing how the the sense of what you've done here actually reflects um his and we by the way at sustainability commerce we use story brand with all the people we work with because it's a very powerful 
um, engagements and storytelling mechanism that that kind of lives across all of your marketing, whether it is Facebook ads or whether it is an initiative that you've you've released or whether it's content marketing or influencer marketing, the story brand kind of crosses everything. And and it's actually incredible to me that you've done such a terrific job of telling your story that heroes the customer and weaves in this beautiful purpose-driven mission that you have to clean up the world of single-use plastics at the same time genuinely you've done an absolutely spectacular job of it it's it's really really great and 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 it's so interesting to hear that that actually does really truly reflects your own personal mission so you've essentially what you've done is you've put yourself at the front of your brand which you know in, in terms of your beliefs which i think is is really inspiring as well do you get much engagement from your customers about it like do they do they give you any feedback around it or do they do they engage with you about what you're doing yeah we have a really loyal um community of customers like 60 percent of or more of, of my customers you know are repeat purchases and you know if you look at like marketing metrics i guess you know open rates for our email is phenomenal um you know when we post on social media about you know our journey or behind the scenes, we do get really, really good engagement. So I think people really can see and identify with um, our values and, and what we stand for. And I think people generally love to support um, small local brands. So I'm pretty proud with, you know, about the community we've built around our brand so far. And, and you make it all sound really nice, but I guess <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, an accidental thing that, that evolved along the way. But yeah, the response has been really good. That's the only explanation for you know how how we managed to sustain ourselves for so long. Yeah, no, I I love it, and 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 you know with the repeat rate of sort of sixty percent, I think you just said you know in terms of repeat customer rate. I, I suppose it, obviously you know not everybody has um, uh, consumable products like you do, right? So you know so so obviously people are going to come back. You've got the model there with the with the the starter pack with the you know cleaning bottles, and then they and then they buy the refill. So it makes sense. But you still have to make sure that the right things are in place in order for them to come back, not least of which the product actually working and being great and all those things which you which you said you focused on right from the start, which is very, very important. So but you touched on something there which I really want to expand a little bit more on, which is, you know, you talked about your social media and, and your um, your engagement and, and what works from an engagement point of view. What type of approach have you taken um, that, that you found works best? to build and engage audience, you know, in your brand, in the brand story? What have you, what, what things have you done that you think, ah, this is, this is the formula for us. This is what works well. Well, that's a really tricky question, especially now. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of businesses have probably find it really challenging in the social media space, you know, with all the changes with um, Facebook ads and, and the way Instagram shows your, your feet. Yeah, just on that, I mean, for for anyone that's that doesn't know, the way that Meta has changed things of in the past, well, they've they've been changing it continuously, but the last year has seen it drop, so that when you're posting organically on Facebook, only about two percent of your actual audience will see it, yeah. and on on Instagram, it's about nine percent. You know, so creating the right content to to engender engagement is probably one of the most important tactics now in terms yeah. of in terms of your social presence. So, yeah, carry on, please, because I, I want to hear what it is that you're actually doing there that, that, that makes that work for you. So what I found is, you know, when I post like um, eco tips, for example, like how to wash your recycling before putting into the bin to, you know, increase the chance of, of it being recycled. So I when I share my own tips about how I live 
my eco life. Um, that gets really, really good engagement. Yeah. Um, even even like last Christmas, you know, I I did a, a simple um video reel on on what if wrapping paper can be recycled or cannot be recycled, what you need to do with that, and and the views were really great. A lot of saves, a lot of shares. Yeah. So the kind of the kind of practical tips work really well, and I think it boils down to the fact that. I think most people want to do better. You know, mm. most people want to learn how to do better. So I, I, I believe that we're all inherently good inside, and we want to do good. Um, it's just that you know we have to you know put out good advice and good tips on how to do that, and people respond to that. So what I found is yeah, things like that really work. Um, right now you know just putting posting pretty pictures of your product that that definitely doesn't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. That's exactly. I think I think you. A bit of nail on the head there. It's you know it's it kind of useful to do it every now and again as a reminder. But if you're expecting people to engage with that, you can see as you scroll down through the feeds how few people are liking, engaging, sharing basic product you know stuff. Yeah. Nobody cares about um, silly memes and that sort of stuff these days. Education, yeah. particularly for our space for sustainability, is a is a critical one. So I love that you've said that. And of course, what you're really doing is sharing yourself right in in your social you're sharing your own journey you're sharing some some thoughts and it's you there doing that and people ultimately they want to associate with a person you know rather than a a kind of unpersonified brand uh and so i I love i love that that's that's so cool that you're that that's that's working for you so you know congratulations what about your dare i even ask what about your ad campaigns what are you doing there that is there is there (laughs) anything still working in the meta space for you if you're still running there well honestly the post the campaign for a while. Um, we're waiting for new content. Um, yeah, the new content is going to be also a lot more authentic. I think authentic, being authentic on social media is what really works now. Um, you know, fancy ads and 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 scripted videos uh, don't really work anymore. So um, mm. what we what we what we have shot so far is about you know just real people cleaning real homes, cleaning real ovens, cleaning real shower screens, and showing that our products really, really work. Um, you know, talking about why they love the products. So, yeah, that's the kind of content that we're going to be using for our ad campaign. So, hopefully, that will work. Uh, very, very yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah. So, is this is this user-generated content that people that you've asked for people to video themselves, essentially? Or are you, are you kind of, in some ways, do, doing a production performance around it and going into people's homes with a camera person and, a, and, a, and lighting and all that sort of stuff as well? Yeah, no, actually, um, I reached out to our top customers to say, hey, you know, can you help me out? Um, if you love these Sparkle products, it's working for you. Can you just shoot us a video yeah. um, of you cleaning your oven or your shower screen and talk about the product? Um, you know, just send me a raw video and then we re-edit the, the videos um, in-house to yeah. make it, you know, more cohesive in messaging. And yeah, that's, that's basically what we did. We didn't hire a, we didn't hire a videographer or a scriptwriter. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether or not this kind of ads work. Hopefully it will. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, look, and from from my experience working with lots of different brands as well, that that is currently the type of content that people want to see, and therefore it works best. Um, you know, Facebook, let's call it Facebook, because I'm talking about specifically about Facebook right now, rather than anything else in the meta space. Any Facebook is in a war for attention with all the other platforms, particularly with regards video, and so if you can make it interesting, genuine, authentic looking, and of course, when it's somebody else, when it's a genuine customer sharing the effectiveness of your product, it works so much better than you standing up or, or a cheesy commercial. Um, you know, but no one wants to see that stuff. 
Um, so, so, con- so congratulations. What, what, I think you're being very, very smart. You might think it's accidental, but you're obviously a very smart marketer because <laughs> you're doing a lot of the things that I would normally recommend anyway. So tell me a little bit about, you know, one of, one of the hot topics for all sustainable brands is this notion of transparency. You know, what do you, what do you talk about in terms of the, you know, how your products are made and, and, and that sort of stuff? What do you not talk about? And obviously nothing's perfect, you know, so how, how transparent do you go? And then how do you, do you even get lots of requests um, that, that essentially are asking deeper questions around the sustainability of your products or how they're manufactured or where they're manufactured or what the processes are? Do, do, do customers start to engage with you at, at that level now that, you're, now that you're essentially marketing yourself as a sustainable brand? Welcome to transparency, honestly. It's just, I, I didn't set up to like be transparent. I'm looking at it more like I've got nothing to hide and I want you to make an informed decision so I'm going to give you all the facts about my brand, about my ingredients, what I do, and then you decide. I'm not going to, yeah, there's basically nothing to hide. And honestly, we we have, we, we tick a lot of boxes and it's just a matter of, you know, putting it on our packaging, on our website and, and for people to decide for themselves whether or not we're the right fit. So, you know, Ryan Gain is not like a, a marketing um, effort to be, transparent like i know mm. there are a lot of brands who oh i'm transparent it's, it's kind of like when people say trust me yeah <laughs> all the more you don't want to trust the person but like why should i trust you if i don't know you right sure, i sure. trust you if you tell me everything about you and i decide whether or not i can trust you so that's essentially what i'm i'm doing um yeah so like i don't hide my ingredients i've never hit what my i never hit what is in our product and you know even for these sachets Finding a compostable sachet honestly was was quite a, a challenge as well. It was not it's not it's not readily available honestly, and um, yeah, so I could have gone with like um, a sachet that looks like paper on the outside, but actually there's a layer of plastic inside, and that took me a while to get to a point where no, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to say there's no plastic, mm. you know, because I don't want to hide like oh, actually there's a tiny layer of plastic inside. So. I did not launch a product when I didn't have the option of having a sachet that was 100% compostable and plastic-free. So I waited to the point where I could do that. Then I launched the product so that I can be transparent. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. And I, and I, and I love the honesty around that because the, the truth is it's hard to want to be transparent when you do feel like you have something to hide because then you're always asking yourself, how much should I say? Whereas, <laughs> whereas if, you're, if you're taking the high road if you're taking if you're doing the hard work at the start to to do things as well as you can and and then just going this is where this is what we're doing this is this is where it's at and yes it's not perfect this is what we're still aiming to get here but this is what we're doing now it becomes an entirely different conversation that i think people trust you more for and also engage with you for so but i but i have to ask though with regards this so obviously that was a, a sort of a um kind of an interesting product development journey in itself so where how did you end up getting something that was and i'm assuming it's home compostable right it's not it's not doesn't have to go to a to a horrible facility of which there are almost none no um so so how did you end up there how did you get there oh wow (laughs) spending a lot of time on google (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah so basically just researching asking questions yeah and then we had to struggle with the cost issue as well because if if we had gone down the path of you know having a sachet that looks like paper on the outside but plastic on the inside um it would have cost us one third the cost of what we're paying now so i had 
yeah, I had to balance, you know, the, you know, ultimately we are a profit making business. Um, I had to balance that um, against, uh, you know, wanting to do the right thing. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, managed to get to a point where it could make everything work. And, and what was challenging was also that we had, to, in order to get that home compostable sachet, uh, to use a home compostable sachet, I had to buy a machine to do the packing. Mm-hmm. So I had to do it in-house. I can't outsource it because there's no company in Australia that does that. Not, not for clean products, for food right. products maybe, yeah. So I had to, you know, think about having to invest in that machine. Yeah, so it was not an easy journey. It's not like, hey, you know, I can just go to Alibaba and buy something <laughs> off the shelf. Yeah, it was a lot of research. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it was worth it in the end. Um, you know, everything has fallen in place and, and, and that allows us to be 100% transparent. You had some sort of you ran some sort of competition to name that machine. Is that is that right? What did you end up with? Oh it, yeah, Greenie the Queen. Green, Greenie the Queenie. <laughs> that's right. Okay, cool. Was that a customer name thing, or did you did you name that yourself in the end? No, it was um, it was one of but we we posted on on Instagram to get people to name a machine, and that was one of the that was one of the um, response. And and our machine is the Queen. We are literally slaves to the machine. Without her. There's no business. Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we're feeding we're feeding her, cleaning her, breathing her, um, almost every day, you know, to to chat out our sachets so yeah she's she's the queen of our our warehouse right absolutely and uh my goodness what an important piece of technology that you have there in in terms of the whole business model so it's amazing so okay so we've looked at all the past things that you've done what's in the future for resparkle pearl what what are your plans for the brand over the next two to five years what do you want what impact do you want to have in the world what are you looking at so for resparkle we really want to you know reach out to everybody everybody you know an everyday australian not not someone who's who's in an equal space so i I love to you know for people to embrace zero waste cleaning product or plastic free cleaning product you know you don't have to buy my bottles you can reuse your own your own plastic bottles um and just buy our refills so we, we want to put our refills into as many people's hands as possible um, so we want to go mainstream, and and we're working towards um, getting that done, and to have a greater reach and greater impact. And we have also that we have also launched. We're going to be launching a sister brand for skincare. Okay. Um. Yeah. So it's not under the Resparkle brand, but it's by me. So it has got all the Resparkle values, but in in the skincare space, um, because you know when it comes to cleaning, there are honestly a lot of options in the market, and and it's a good thing. But when it comes to skincare, you know it's it's a very wasteful industry. Most of your your tubes and your bottles can't be recycled because they have got like mixed materials into you know the pumps mm. and the and the bottles and the tubes and all that. So the only really zero waste option for for beauty is a bar soap and and then honestly bar soap is not something i want to use my face it's probably too harsh so i wanted to create a product that's you know really really effective and and yet zero waste so we're going to be launching a 100 percent powder base um range from facial cleansers to serums to um, body wash completely in powder format and in the compostable sachets so that's going to be an interesting project that i'll be working on yeah and disrupting the beauty industry that is so exciting when's that coming i can't wait <laughs> when when's it coming pearl well we're, we're hoping to launch the um website by middle of june yeah maybe in time for plastic free july for some reason 
all my launches tend to happen at Plastic Free July. I didn't plan it, but it just happened. Well, it's a, good, it, it, it's a great time. You've got, you've got some sort of uh, an extra talking point, I guess, there, which is, which is awesome. So congratulations on that. So what about right now, as of today, Paul, where can people go and get your brilliant cleaning products? Um, online from inspirefood.com.au. That's probably the best. Um, we have free shipping on all our bundles, so you don't have to worry about, you know, fucking out extra money for shipping. And our refills and subscription also delivered to door for free. So there's really no reason why you shouldn't be switching. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Paul. It's been a a well a wealth of information and inspiration. I I just love the journey that you've had coming back from adversity, rebuilding the whole thing even more sustainable even better than it was before and and clearly you've had tremendous success from your whole community that's that's that you've supported and 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 it's so great to see that the whole brand is a genuine reflection of your own authentic values that is so exciting to see thank you so much for creating such a beautiful brand and thanks for spending time with us today thank you so much for having me you you make my journey sound really nice but yeah i guess you, you sum it up really well and um yeah i'm, I'm I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, um, looking back on hindsight, it's all been worth it. Thank you so much for having me. It has indeed. So thanks a lot, Pearl. We'll, we'll, we'll be seeing a lot more of you in the future, I know. Definitely. <laughs> back to Giles again, just to wrap up with my top three takeouts from chatting with Pearl. The first is just how strongly Pearl's true authentic drive to do better for our planet comes across in a very powerful and compelling way, not just in listening to her talk live there, but also in the way that her messaging is presented on the ReSparkle store. I'm quite sure that the very clear story presented by her and her brand is a critical element in driving her astonishing 60% returning customer rate. The second insight is that being such a purpose-driven business, the educational organic content her brand produces results in a much higher engagement rate than simple static product-based content. And of course, she's representing authenticity even further by turning user-generated content into ads to attract more customers in the future. That's a very smart strategy because it focuses first on solving the customer's problems, in this case, a clean house, and expands on that with the sustainability theme. Lastly, Pearl isn't an industrial chemist. She's not a material scientist or even a product engineer. Yet her passion to make a difference in the world has led her to deliver some real sustainable innovations in her product category. She could have made life easy and chosen a plastic sachet for a third of the price, but instead she persisted until she could genuinely deliver paper-based 100% compostable packaging options. I love that because it just shows what's possible for all of us when we're completely committed to our mission. Now, Pearl claims not to be a marketer, but she's doing a spectacularly good job of communicating her message and the astonishingly high returning customer rate backs that up. Having worked with a number of sustainable brand founders, as well as those you've enjoyed listening to on the show, I've identified a core marketing strategy being used to attract and enroll customers in their mission. I want to unpack that and show you how you can leverage it to grow your brand. On the 23rd of June, I'm running a free online masterclass in which we're going to delve into the superpower that all sustainable brands have, including yours, to unleash your marketing, no matter which channels and media you're focusing on. Registration is essential. It's a live event, so I only have 50 seats available. So if you're building a sustainable brand and you'd like to learn more, I'll put a link to that event in the show notes, and I hope to see you there.